Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And joining us today, and probably for a few more episodes, is Chris Sienko. Hi. You uh, you might know Chris from the magazine he edited and wrote for As Loud As Possible, and uh, or from the Chicago noise scene, which is certainly where we met. Mm-hmm. Professional liker. <laughs> if, now, if I'm actually, I meant to ask you before yeah. we started recording. One thing I remember, I think early when we met, uh, you were planning a TG24 like overnight thing. Is this yeah. was this oh, correct? Yeah, yeah. When the TG24 box came out, I I, I host a, a film festival in my house called the Stiff Legged Film Festival, where we watch every film by certain film directors or, you know, there's like these endurance defying festivals. We did three weekends of 1970 sci-fi dystopias. We watched 50 films in three weekends. And <laughs> so it was in, in line with that. When, when TG 24 came in, uh, we started at noon and went till noon the next day. Uh, you know, no one's, no one stayed between the hours of, you know, one and five, but, uh, I had, I had some stragglers the next morning that came in <laughs> actually <laughs> Chicago noise folks. It was uh, Blake Edwards and, and Jason Soliday came in Hell yeah. after, oh, after their, bowling league they, they they were doing a morning bowling league and they came in at like nine in the morning and they're like all right we're here for the last four. Oh wow <laughs> did wow. anyone besides yourself say the entire time no you were the only one who did the entire time only one did the full run wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow i love the idea of like lot. waking up early and being like well i'll just go catch the tail end yeah <laughs> it might have finally gotten it down by then although some of those early discs are among my favorites because they're yeah. so raw oh yeah yeah, like it's yeah. the like Oondle School one or whatever that's uh-huh. just got the, like the best version of Zyklon B Zombie on it. That's there's so nasty. There's just like weird air going on, and there's just bad recording. Weird, and amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's so a lot of weird air going on. <laughs> <laughs> the points where like Genesis starts like yodeling or like sort of like scat singing during one of them. He starts going, <laughs> and that was about one and two in the morning. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I, I can't, I can't wow. handle this. Yeah, yeah you yeah. must. Yeah, you. Yeah, that must have. You got it. You must have gotten in a really weird head. Did you have anything yeah. else playing along? No. At the same time, no, 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 no. Visual. like visual. Yeah. Um, there was a point where I was losing my mind because I was just so tired at like three, four in the morning. And I was just like, just looking at the internet and just you know trying to like keep myself from yeah. just like collapsing in a pile. But uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I stuck it out the whole time. I didn't, I didn't fall asleep during any of it. Wow. And, uh, but wait, so was there, was it like a like an open door policy kind yeah, of? Come and go, as you please. Yeah. I mean, it wow. was, it was, it was a party. I mean, it was a lot of people from uh, WHPK, which was the the U- oh, U- yeah. UFC, mm-hmm. you know station, which had a lot of uh, noise weirdos and just odd people and you know and they all came and you know were into it stayed for five six hours and it was you know a party situation and then it just you know drifts off two o'clock or whatever and then suddenly you're like oh it's just me listening to so there was- Robin <laughs> Gristle I had like I had like a five disc changer so you could like go through five and you have to like change the discs and put the next one like in. well back to usual yeah but yeah, there was, yeah, there was, yeah like the rest of my life yeah. there was points when it was just you oh mostly yeah <laughs> mostly so cool yeah yeah I, I I really appreciate the commitment though that you did it and didn't you know what I mean like that you yeah, actually did you do were there it. yeah I, yeah I I mean it 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 sort of flows through my entire sort of obsession with things is that I have this this sort of need to see the entire picture and in whatever way that means you know that's what you know I have to see everything this director's done I have to see everything in the throbbing gristle and I feel like if I'm in it in this sort of like you know immersive way then. I'm going to find some magic insight. And, you know, you never really do, but, you know, it's 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 fun anyway. Or you do find sometimes you're like, wow, something that he did eight hours ago came back in this, you know, this this other this ninth concert or something. You're like an that. immersive completionist. Yes. I like that. I love great. that. I because love then that. any 
like any drip of like being not into it, it just takes it to a next level and engages you on yeah. a totally different level because you can be engaged with the action. There's, That's really exciting. There, yeah. There, there's, there's, you know, upside and downside of it. The upside is that, yeah, you when you're constantly in it, you're seeing all these connections. The downside <laughs> is that you're getting overwhelmed and you're probably missing, you know, all kinds of other details. Just because after you know nine, ten hours of this, like your, yeah. you know, your brain is starting to overheat and you know you don't know where you are anymore. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So bit nice. of this, bit of that, but I, I can't stop doing it. So love it. <laughs> <laughs> that wow! I'm I'm so psyched on that. I always thought that was so cool. I I, I always remember yeah. that. I yeah. vaguely remember it, but I don't. Yeah. It's I you're triggering it was, my memory. Yeah, I think me. it was. I just remember you mentioning it. I mm-hmm. think it was. Early I remember on. us talking about yeah. it when we got RTG twenty four box. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, so we never did do that, but no, we didn't. We just we were like we should do that too. No, no, no. <laughs> never <laughs> happened. No, never mean, happened. <laughs> it's never too late. <laughs> no. Still on the shelf. Although then TG10, you know, came out. So then you got, you got yeah. after 10 hours yeah. to tack on. Right. Okay, and that, that was like the stuff. Or TG plus. Right. TG because plus. And cause the TG24, I think there's like one or two that they didn't have the masters for. There was one. Yeah. Or there's one. Yeah. It's, it's boy, it is. I, it's, I know, it's train spotting <laughs> supreme. But yeah, there was one that Chris Carter couldn't find. So he replaced it with another disc. And then just as it was going to print, he's like, oh, I found the original one. So people who pre-ordered early got a 20. I actually had a 25 disc box. So it's it's TG25. <laughs> so it's the missing one plus like this extra bonus one or oh, whatever. Cool. Um, so that's why I was able to go noon to noon rather than noon to 11 or what, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of them are only like 45 minutes. Most of them clock an hour. I think they're almost almost all an hour. Yeah, to the, some, of the dot. Little, yeah. some of them are a little under. I feel and like. you had yeah, to be whatever. awake to change the disc. Yeah. 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 Yeah, pull the big brick out and pull all the five discs out and do as fast as you can. Yeah, that's amazing. ridiculous. Love it. <laughs> amazing. Well, <laughs> we, we guess what we're not talking about today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gristle, well, but apparently know, we are. Apparently, let's do it. <laughs> well, what we're going to talk about is Emil Bolio's anti-performance cassette from 1991. Uh, Emil Bolio, of course, Ron Lassard of Records. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we've heaped enough praise on records, even though we can we'll, <laughs> yeah. we continue to. So here's more uh, classic, it, maybe the most influential American noise label uh, started in the 80s. And is just I don't know. Got to got to quote Seymour Glass again from your, your previous episode. Mm-hmm. The reason why we're all here talking to each other is Ron. Yes, yes. yes. Like he's, he's just the sort mm-hmm. of like lifeblood of the network. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a. Uh, Triple R put out some anti-records, uh, crazy concept that Ron was uh, involved in and continued to do even through the 2000s. But these were the ones he made in the 80s, uh, one of which we did an episode on here, which is the Haters Wind Licked Dirt mm-hmm. with uh, GX Trooper Larson. And this is uh, that one and a bunch of other ones played by Ron, I believe, on the uh, Minutoli forearm turntable. Would that have existed, then? I think this is pre-Minutoli, honestly. Okay. Um if you look at the pure discs, there's in memories doesn't say Emil Bolio parenthetical Minitoli, and I think that's pre. Okay, like, I think you can yeah, tell yeah. which ones are. He he sort of like co credits it. Okay, um, I don't know that for sure. Don't quote me, but um, well, you yeah. are being quoted. I am so. being quoted. <laughs> I'm quoting myself. It stands to reason. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it is two sides of Ron playing anti records, and it is two sides of the same. He's each like. 
how do I say it? And so it's each each side is the same the same record. set list, a uh, side set and list. B side, yeah. yeah, 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 but played differently. But Chris Chris did uh, some great research on this and uh, yes, he deciphered did. the obscure Xeroxed over packaging and which anti records they were. Yeah, and included some really good notes, which he handed out to us. This is the first time <laughs> yes. a guest has come on and handed us notes that they brought. <laughs> Take one, pass it to everyone else in the class. Yeah, which we love. That great. was so exciting. <laughs> So I did it because, you know, I, I, it's no exaggeration to say that this is my most listened to noise record. I, I didn't get it right when it came out, but and it was not like the first one that like turned me on to noise. I'd been listening to other stuff before that. But this was the one that really locked it in where I, oh, this is for me. Like, I, I can't stop listening to this. And I've listened to this tape more than any other noise tape by a lot. But when I went, you know, but it had been a while. So I, I pulled it out to listen to it in anticipation of the show. And. I just I, I kind of freaked out. I was like, have I not noticed all this time that this is, you know, a double a you know, does the program repeat on both sides that I, you know, because I was still kind of surface listening to yeah. it. But uh, so I did this really deep listen and I noticed, you know, that there are when you like flip at the center, you can tell there are differences between the two center tracks and things like that. And so, yeah, so then I went to the lab and yeah, otherwise known as discogs and uh, <laughs> looked up all the antis and sort of like did some compare and contrast. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm completely correct, but well, I, it feels I, like it they're feels, in order. Uh, yes. We think you're right. Yeah. From yeah. The, yeah. What's on the back of the packaging, which is, a, you know, Ron style Xerox over Xerox. So it's obscured. It's super smudgy. So they're yeah, yeah. hard to tell. But I, I think you really got it correct and it feels right because when there's a due process record called do nothing and it's a blank record and you really just get turntable hum and room sound mm -hmm. yeah and then it goes into uh you know wind lick dirt sounds like wind lick dirt i think i mean like mm -hmm. what, what i would imagine ron playing wind lick dirt to be like and amk side sounds or amk's flexi at the which is at the end of both sides it sounds like amk like amk performances we've seen and right. other material of his i've heard where he's playing cut up you know records made of yeah. cut up flexies so i think that you deciphered you cracked yeah. the case on this yeah. one and and i never really noticed that before i just knew that i liked everything on the album and and yeah once once we got down to this uh yeah i realized that there there is sort of a method to the madness scoop it is hey. funny and and i think we have found that a lot in this past year doing the podcast is where you think you've known a record your whole life. And then when you, and then you go back to it and you're like, Oh my God, I didn't, I was not paying. I don't know what I was thinking because it, I didn't notice a lot of these things. It's exciting, but it also makes you feel weird. Like, have I not really been listening to this all this yeah, time? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I've had this in 20 times and I've never noticed that before. <laughs> well, I think it's listening to it on a, when you more casually play something, it's an emotional or instinctual level. And right. when you start to dig into this, it's a more intellectual level where you're literally analyzing the sounds, mm -hmm. what might be used to make them, how they are in context and, and really just focusing on what the changes are and what happens in it. And, and mm -hmm. it's just a different way of listening that makes it a complete it's the different style of listening makes it a different record. Yeah. And so you're hearing it under this new lens for the first time. It's, you know, there was definitely a period of, you know, three, four years where I was listening to everything like that, you know, from about like 98 mm -hmm. to 02. Like you're just I was just burning, you know, where you're just like just face down and teeth gritted and, you <laughs> yeah. know, and stuff. And then you get to a point where you you feel like, you know, sort of the changes and, you know, yeah. how, where the things come. And then, you know, you find, uh, you know, you find yourself sort of drifting a little more and like, OK, I and, you know, I can listen to this while I'm doing something else or while I'm reading or doing the dishes or whatever, you know. But, yeah, sometimes it takes that that like hard focus to really sort of like figure out what's what's especially exciting about it. I'm so thankful that you you put together these notes because it really 
changed it helped everything. Listen yeah. to it. Yeah, it completely changed how we approached this record and yeah. what a I mean, this tape. It is this is a cassette tape. It's a, it actually has a catalog number which is pretty rare for triple R releases. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's RRK712, uh, K7 being the general European standard for denoting cassette in a catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you know why that is? Yeah, it's phonetic. It's K7. It sounds like cassette. Yeah, yeah. It's weird pun that I heard about 20 years after. Really funny. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. At least that's the, that's the you know. I just assume they spelled it with a K somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Well, do you remember where you got it? When you got it? Um, I almost think this might have been, uh, boy, howdy. I, I I moved to Chicago in 1999 uh, from uh, Saginaw, Michigan, and I think that like right after I moved to Chicago, I came into a little money and sent a big check to RRR and just got like a 12 by 12 inch box of stuff. You know, yes. it might have been around that time. I picked this up months ago when we were first talking about having you on because you said this was what you'd want to do and you consider yeah. it the uh, one of the most important noise documents. And uh, I think that's somehow you phrased it. Uh, the for text me personally, it was, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the ur text for noise. Like this, this is like like my center point, and and everything else seems like sort of spokes off of that to me personally. So I, I tracked down a copy of it and have listened to it a couple times. No, nowhere near as much as Chris uh, Connolly's. Had you heard this one before? Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh Just All heard right. about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually it's actually one that just kind of mm-hmm. passed us by. I've never owned it somehow, uh, but I, of course I've known about it. Yeah, and, but it's just it's one one that we never have had ourselves. So this was a fresh listen. Uh, but I feel like we got we like got the accelerated listen because we have <laughs> no, we this did. great. Yeah, we had a cheat we sheet. We have the we have the cheat sheet. So we <laughs> we got you caught up quickly. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was the this really is a great way to to listen to it and it really breaks it down. But as a concept there's so many layers involved in this album because you have to have the anti-performance albums in existence prior to this existence. Oh, yeah, the, the anti-records, that's the thing, is like, Emil performs the Triple R anti-records, is what it says on the back, in probably the most legible block of text on here. And so he, he had to conceptualize and make these anti-records, and they're all different. They're all done via different yeah. techniques. They're not they're not all the same thing. One of them's collage, one of them's uh, scratch made on a lathe, one of them you make yourself out of a puck of vinyl. We'll talk about all of this. Yes. One of them's a AMK thing, which is each copy is unique and made mm-hmm. from flexies glued together. Like yeah. they're all different anti records, and he plays each of them in succession with a set list. You know, he's these are there's a track list on the back, is actually what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's the this brand of noise, and I think we talked about it in the uh the Zone Nord episode where like my some of my earliest noise experiments were with turntable trying to make those fuzzy overblown distorted very textural sounds and that this this has all of that this has, has the whole all the hallmarks of like great turntable needle yeah. destruction yeah. it's a sound that you can't really get a lot of other ways it's it's so, such a special thing and to play these like fabricated non records as yeah it could only happen record. it can only happen once it can only happen yeah. by Ron. Every, this is such a Ron every idea every listen to an anti record can only happen once yeah. this could only happen once it's and, it's pretty wild yeah i think the thing that that i think got me so excited about this particular style early on is i think it really goes back to that that childhood feeling of like you're trying to put 
the needle on the record of like some music for the first time and oops, you scratch, you know, and the, the, mm-hmm. the thing skates across the record and you get that. And it's, you know, as a kid, you're like, that's really scary. Oh, I might have damaged my parents record. But also it's like, oh, that sounded kind of cool, mm-hmm. you know, and like I, I like a lot of obviously I like all kinds of noise. But, uh, you know, there's something very tactile about you can really feel like a stylist being just destroyed on, you know, a cosmic level versus, you know, just, you know, a, a skitter across a regular LP. But it, it it sort of it it taps into that sort of combination panic exhilaration when you even when you do it now and you oops, I dropped the needle wrong and you get that scrape or whatever. But he just amplifies it to the point where it's this ecstatic thing. Yeah, I definitely was thinking during this, like about needle concern. I was like, oh. I'm yeah. going to do this. I'm going to get a new needle. And I was like, oh, can we can we actually like bake this vinyl and make this record? I'm, I'm going to need extra needles. I'm going <laughs> to the right needle. Well, really thinking about stressing Mike out with just destroying our record <laughs> needle. <laughs> it's funny because uh, these, while it is all played probably on the same turntable, there's different sounds to the records, too. They don't all sound the same, like the different techniques no, by which all. they're produced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Like especially uh, the the honeymoon productions has a completely different sonic character than anything else on it. The AMK has a completely different oh, sonic yeah. character than anything else. Yeah, uh, even sort of you know when like dirt is a blank record, but you play by rubbing dirt on it, and due process do nothing is a blank record that you just play, and they they sound so different. And even the the it made me try to visualize the turntable they were being played on. That's why I thought maybe the Minitolian. Yeah. The, the Minitoli, uh, for those who don't know, was a, a four-armed turntable that was custom-built for Ron Lassard so he could play an anti-record, a, a beat-up record, any kind of weird thing on it, and he could play four different grooves <laughs> on it at on the, the same, same time yeah. and skip one around. And, and then he would even have like a, he would have like a, a, a freestanding yeah. stylus that he could drop on it if he wanted. And, and <laughs> so other, jealous of that. Part. Yeah, so I think the guy's name was like Mike Minitoli or something I who invented that's it. And, it's the same name I have in my head. And, and Ron said that it was very unstable and it broke constantly. And there was just a point where he just couldn't keep it together and, and just kind of stopped using it. But, uh, you know, it, all the times I've seen him, he was just using, you know, just one, you know, one regular turntable and whatever other things that he had. Well, Gray, Verdant Weapon's going to have to pick up that torch. Oh, build a new Minitoli? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think also, a too, the, 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 <laughs> the palette of this noise, you know, this tape is from 91. So this is pre, you know, table of pedals yes. or, or it's, it's the dawn yeah. of that but obviously yes. ron was never oh, yeah. was not you know that he was always kind of doing his you know something very different so that's why i think that it's it is this like organic feel and this yeah. organic very concrete sound. noise and yeah. it is kind of coming out of like the, the sort of dominance of like due process where he was doing like fake electroacoustic music yes and even like the first if you have the the RRR fifth anniversary box set thing, which is credited to Ron Lassard, the first album, you know, it, 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 Menstrual put it out as one man penis, one pan buttocks or whatever. But uh, <laughs> it, it it still has more of kind of that sort of fake electroacoustic vibe to it. But like this feels like a, a very like early starting point where you really get that like heavy, heavy damage. It's. It's nothing if not damage. This is some yeah. of the, especially when you when you rip in, which the the first track is uh, the first anti record abused is Billboard Combat Metastasis. Uh, this is a two sided collage using paints, cardboard, razors, screws, adhesive tape, 
Oh yeah, go check out this on Discogs. Like it's it's a it's a treat. Like some good there's, photos up. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you know there's like pieces of bubble wrap glued to it. There's like there's razor blades and screws sticking out <laughs> vertically. It is all over the place, and wow. I mean it really looks like something you would like hang on your wall, and that would like come at you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Metastasis is, is yeah. a nasty thing. Yeah, it's when it's when cancer spreads through different nodes of your body. Yeah, well, it's not yeah. metastasis. It's yeah, metastasis. It's like, like metastasizing cancers. Yeah. I, I, I listened on YouTube's how to pronounce metastasis before I got here, just in case. Wow. <laughs> I did not do that, by the way. Yeah, sorry. sorry. I'm just doing my best to not try to pronounce things these days. Uh, so, man, it is... it. It rips and crackles and crumbles. It's and such. It's so good. It's yeah. just like, I think it was when it started. I mean, I could just feel all the all four of us just being like smiles. Yes. Oh yeah. Just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this like, is yeah. this is my central text of noise. Like, it's exactly what I want. And I mean, not to like go off on a tangent or whatever, but like, Please. like Sam McKinley like is very precise about what. Like, I realize that he mm-hmm. likes certain frequencies, certain tones. He talks about crackle patterns. He talks about like these very like almost fetishistically perfect like sounds that he wants. And like this is this to me, this is like the exact frequency of what like noise sounds in Mm -hmm. my head. I mean, there are things that are more multidimensional. There's you can get like a pain jerk where you have, you know, four or 16, you know, different channels of things happening. And I love that, too. But like this perfect, like focused uh, yes. combination of like grit and clutter and like the tactile feeling of it just, you know, needle hits thing, you know, is, <laughs> is, is just it's un- one of is most... unbelievable. And it, yeah, it just so makes, the, makes the hair on my neck go up. Oh, yeah. and, yes. and especially yeah. like the first track on side B with that like syncopated, like skipping, like abbreviated mm-hmm. sound, which is the same, 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 record. Yeah. The same yeah. record. And it's, yeah. oh my, it's like my favorite sound. I love it. Yeah. Like, like oh, you get the so yeah good. you get you get the sort of like patterns but then it, it skitters away and you can hear the needle kind of getting away from itself and uh and it's, and again if you if you look at side A and side B of you know the Batista's record on Discogs like they look completely different like one side is white and has like metal pieces on it side B has like a piece of bubble wrap and like tape and you can hear <laughs> like the you can hear like the points where the where the needle is maybe kind of swimming across it versus jumping and hitting a you know like a speed bump and things like that and it, it all makes it, it, it makes for an exciting listen and this record made me think about things that, like silly things but like why is it that vinyl is the best thing to be vinyl like can you play polymer clay what is clay like i'm yeah. just like the, of hey, course songs, like songs from the or noise from the wood you noise know from like, the wood, yeah. Yeah, exactly. carve, carve it in a tree why not exactly and yeah. like this like this whole record just kind of makes you think like oh like he, play, he could be playing anything yeah. like seriously could be playing it. he could put like his dinner on that turntable and be playing it like Dude. who knows there's <laughs> that Runzelstern and Gurglestock record where the center label is the entire side of a yeah. seven inch yeah and it so, still comes through you can still, you, there's yeah, something in there but it's just <laughs> this this sort of like refrigerator block of just garbage over the top of it I love it yeah <laughs> There's I have a T-shirt from 1993 and it's called the RRR Record Fair and Needle Exchange. And I don't know anything about it, but I'm wondering if he like asked people for their blown out like record needles that he could use on his like turntables. How many triple R T-shirts do you have? You're wearing one now and we're all coveting. I have a handful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some have lasted better than others. Yeah. I'll I'll do a count later. Wow. Wow, That's crazy. He used to to sell T-shirts for like five bucks a pop. I have one. I have one uh, for a seven inch. Does anyone remember Johnny Cage in the Stockhausen five? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. One seven inch. 
one t-shirt, yeah. $5 each. <laughs> that t-shirt, I've washed that t-shirt upwards of 75 times, and it looks brand new still. Wow. Uh, other, other RR t-shirts, you know, look like someone, like, put, took a steamroller to them, but oh, I don't blessed. know what, that one is, like, has got, like, a portrait of itself in the in the attic or something. It's, like, t-shirt of Dorian Gray. I, don't I, know. Thought, I thought you were going to say that you could play the t-shirt. Oh. We, we, oh, we, we should just try. We got a I'm so sad t-shirt. now that that's not true. <laughs> you just, like, pop it on your turntable. I've listened to that record upwards of two times, but I've worn that t-shirt a lot. <laughs> upwards of two times. Hey, 7-inch Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. hey. All right. Uh, the, my notes for this first side, or this first track, was cyclic power crumble with shards peeling off. That's what it sounds like to me. It is yeah. this looped thing, but it keeps mutating, and like something keeps falling off of it as, mm. the, as yeah. the thing spins. It is so crumbly, so heavy, so nasty. So abrasive, and then nothing because you go to do process, do nothing. Yeah, and it's nothing. A side, <laughs> a, a blank record with no grooves being played, and you get a little warble and hum maybe from the you motor. You gotta hike the stereo to yeah. hear anything. I, for Which a long I don't t- recommend doing. For a long, you know, for <laughs> no, a long time, next. I really thought he had just like inserted a pause and was just yeah. chuckling about it. But yeah, there's definitely that hum and. On one of the two sides, you can hear him drop the stylus. The other side, I think he edited it out. Yeah, the B side, you can definitely hear it's a so little satisfying. manipulation of the turntable. Yeah. Little, just a little thump. Yeah, you don't want to turn it up because uh, blammo. Oh, yeah. Do damage. Do damage. <laughs> you get damaged. Chaos cuts and bolio warp. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it sounds so crazy, weird. It's it's. It sounds like a bulldozer trying to like excavate like a retaining wall, but just like scraping against yeah. it. Yeah. It sounds like it's yeah, uh, that's what pulling it, pulling scraping it. violence. Yeah, this one. It, it was like after the full on assault of the first track. That now we're at the third sort of index on this thing, and it, there's this great crackle and ah man, it just feels. I don't know. It just feels great. I think a yeah. good word is whomping. Yeah, oh, yeah. totally whomping. <laughs> yeah, at, at the end of it, it sounded to me like a chain gang shoveling like very fast all in a row. There was just like a whole rhythmic row of people like like digging holes in the dirt. I, heard, I, I was not surprisingly, but you could hear a lot of kind of haters sort of movement in right. certain places. You could hear shovels. You could hear dirt moving. You could hear just garbage being moved from I, one side of the room to the other. I was definitely getting a lot of shoveling. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of shoveling. <laughs> well, that brings us to the next Yes. Track, which would be the manipulation of Wind Licked Dirt, which mm. if you go back and listen to our Wind Licked Dirt episode, you'll hear uh, myself, the Connellys, and GX playing Wind Licked Dirt uh, here in the Noise Extra Studios. That was so fun. Such that an fine honor. performance. Was so Such fun. an honor. <laughs> it really was. And uh, Ron, uh, not surprisingly, has a different play style than we did. Yeah. It's, I mean, do you think, I, I know you're supposed to just rub dirt in, but it does sound like the, the, the turntable. It, yeah. it sounds like, like the turntable is, is still spinning. I think he put dirt on it and put the needle on the turntable. That's actually my I, guess. Yes. I, yeah. I heard a lot of gulping in that one. It sounded like a, I, I called it a silt shark. It's like a shark that's just like at the bottom of the river and is just gulping. Oh, wait, that's so funny. I wrote that it's a dirt monster eating dirt oh yeah all right <laughs> I, I, heard, I know what you're talking about yeah. chris the it's sort of uh underwater great yeah kind of feel to it the silt uh, monster makes some sense right to me. They, they, but yeah they were just like like big hunks of stuff just sort of like under the water <laughs> yeah. and then i could hear like a giant like footprints kind of like above the water you could hear like a weird distant it was it was very layered for being dirt on a turn yeah it really was i yeah. thought tons of nuance to that one yeah the next one is from the Colorado Anti-Record, which is 
a comp that Ron released of artists from Colorado. You know, he did a number of series of uh, regional noise. Uh, I think kind of an awesome thing, pulling mm-hmm. together sort of a scene or a community and, and collecting it as a compilation. Uh, except for some reason, reasons unknown, Architect's Office, the first side, the first song on the first side of the Colorado anti-record, on um, the last handful of copies of it were scratched out and uh, the words fuck Architect's Office were scratched into the groove of the track. <laughs> He did and this a hundred times. There's a hundred copies of that anti. <laughs> that is wild. I just want you to think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the record plays as normal. This do you track, have a copy of that? I don't, no. Does anybody? Do you guys have one? No, no. There's a comment on the Discox that says, seems easy enough to make your own. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I was trying the to The edition look. number goes up, yeah. I wanted to see it. I was really looking. I can't even find yeah. an image of it. No, it's pretty wild. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, this the is rest the, of the record's unmolested, too, by the way. Like, yeah, it's all in that one it's group. still the comp, yeah. yeah. Precision. Yeah. I love this track, though. It's yeah. so good. It's yeah. so, it's the, I can't say it's the most musical, because AMK might actually take that, since it's made of yes. all flexes mm-hmm. of of music, but this, it is very, very, uh, strangely industrial gamelan. Yeah. Uh, just a really, really weird. You can also listen to the whole, the whole uh, Colorado comp is on, on YouTube and you can, so you can hear the unmolested architect's office track ah. and yeah. And it is, it's a very kind of like academic electronic. It's got the kind of boopy sound that you would expect of, of something that would maybe be on like Pogus in the eighties or something like that. Wow. Um, and what I love about it is, uh, you know, because of like when you really start thinking about it, like if you're looking at like the letters, like the top parts of those are going to have the most number of scratches. So it starts out very scratchy and very jumpy and jumpy. And then as it gets near the end of the track, like the scratches get later and later. And so, you know, it's just like the tail of the letter F or the <laughs> the last part of, you know, you can really sort of see in your head, like at what point of the words. Yeah. Fuck architects That's office really that you're funny. hearing. And uh, yeah, it, it mellows out as the, as the letters go away. For me, it sounded like the song was a piece of paper and was just kept getting torn. That's what I just yeah. kept, yeah. Yeah, kept yeah. imagining like a song as a piece of paper, just yeah. constantly being torn. I it's, was having anxiety over the needle abuse. I, I, that one is, really locks it in, that, yeah. that feeling of like, oh God, yeah. Well, oh. I, yeah. My parents get home and they realize that I've scratched their copy of, you know, Who's Next or something like that. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Why does it sound like this? Because <laughs> I wrote Fuck Who's Next and it would Yeah, 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 and it sounds way <laughs> <Yeah>. better. Terry, <laughs> you looked up the, the title on the on the non-anti-record comp for this is... AO347.4 So I oh. assumed it was Dewey Decimal System. And so I looked that up, and it's um, agents comma law. So that's that's what it is. And in the Dewey Decimal System, it's it's under law. All of their song titles are AO and mm-hmm. uh, and oh. some digits. Yeah, yeah. But, like but uh, like Toy Bazaar, they do the the sort of the uh, they have they have like the, the oh, lettering yeah, the, the, the lettering system or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that Dewey Decimal does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Dewey Decimal. Yeah, you heard uh, a song being torn up and and slapped down on this one. What I heard when the Capote Music track side is, starts is a uh, someone tearing rubber and like a broken megaphone speaker at the same time. This this like rubbery ripping sound and just like speaker crackle almost a almost well almost a chop shop vibe although actually the next track has a more noticeable iteration of that to me this also had kind of like a tape manipulation feel like i kept hearing sort of like fast forwards and rewinds there's like a ripping i was kind of feeling to it the tearing Mm -hmm. i bet you could lathe cut rubber 
That's it. We should try that. We can try that. <laughs> Tara, Tara is going to try to make records on other substances. I don't think. Also, I, also I, I think we need to understand. I'm going to need a T-shirt record. Yeah. Real bad. <laughs> if you lacquered it. Well, that's we what I was thinking. I could la- starch yeah. it or lacquer it, and yeah. we could make a T-shirt. Yeah, we could pa- we could sure. paint it with some kind of gloss or soak it in something. Yeah, to firm but it. But I think a rubber record it. would yeah. sound real good. Yeah, it'd be painful. Ooh. I do have a lathe cutter. I know. <laughs> a lot of tearing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this this one also kind of gave me like a weird like really damaged seventy eight. Anyone else, anyone else get kind of like a seventy eight RPM? Like an old like like an old you know lacquer disc or an old uh, acetate or something like that. Like it, it seemed very old timey to me for somehow. sure. And mm-hmm. I think maybe yeah. that's where you're yeah. getting like some of the chop shop kind of vibes too. Well, that's the honeymoon that. production to me is what gave me the chop shop. Oh, I think, vibes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. This one, this one did a little bit, but honeymoon production is uh empty chop shop vibes with like just crude rattling and nasty atmospheres. And like there's sort of uh needle interruptions, you know, they're like yeah. the scratches are less severe and they're just sort of, uh, confusion repetition i don't know how to really describe it honeymoon productions i thought was surface of the moon noise like it like the full ah. first it's so empty and it just seemed like i was hearing like a noise version of the moon landing or something like that like it or like craters of the moon up in what idaho is that you know or mm-hmm. where idaho transfer was shot and everything like it just had this great i just kept seeing and i think that might be part with you know due to imagining what the honeymoon productions uh, you know, record looks like yes. you want to sort of explain. Surface of the moon makes sense. Actually, we should describe again the the uh, oh, yeah, Capote it. music is a a seven inch anti record in a twelve inch sleeve. Uh, and it's called Heathen Music, it's an, which it's is obviously worth, a nod to pagan yeah. music. Yeah, uh, music because uh, it's multi axial extra holes made by drilling machine, scratches yeah. made by a homemade lathe, uh, playable at any speed. Uh, and then the honeymoon productions anti record is a literal puck of vinyl with instructions to press it between two plates in your oven at 180 degrees yeah and make your own record and then it's two iron plates two iron plates and then i got i got a lot of those so oh yeah yeah Yeah, it it comes with the record sleeve and then the puck of vinyl is just sort of stapled in a bag on the front i I love it it looks fantastic and And i was looking at the instructions it says bake at 180 centigrade which is 356 fahrenheit because i was kind of curious about how hot we're going to get this here vinyl that's pretty reasonable temperature that's like cookie temp Mm mm-hmm Maybe more cake temp. It's pretty. Uh, it sounds. It also sounds says cut so grooves cool. with anything you can imagine. So you, you, while you're still warm, you just just have at it. We've been imagining a lot. It's like yeah, it's like decorating Christmas cookies. <laughs> it, says, it says let it cool down while it's in the press. You oh, know, yeah. you want to let okay. it sit for a little. If while. Sure, sure. there is anyone out here who has done this and yeah. made it, please write us. Please send write us. us please send oh, us a picture this. of it, a recording mm-hmm. of it, um, because yeah, wow, what an insane idea for a yeah. record. I mean that is just so cool. I, I I looked up a photo of it and was immediately like, I need this thing. Was it this cooked is, or not cooked? It was in not, your no, it's not cooked. The photo is just the instructions and a and a chunk of vinyl nailed to a or stapled to a, a record jacket. It looks amazing. Well, we'll have a day. We'll we'll invite Crank over. <laughs> Sounds like something he would enjoy. <laughs> Well, you guys are making crystals, and you can also make records. That's that's oh. probably the plan now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this the this is one of my favorite tracks on the thing is the honeymoon production one. It sounds so so cool, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's just like really weird. I I've, I also wrote a trash compactor cycle. Like at the end, there's just sort of this oh, yeah. loop that is just the, like opening and closing of a trash compactor. It doesn't really change too much, and it's just this sort of back and forth sound. This this part is awesome. I just wrote I mean, the, the whole word, tape I just is awesome. the word toilets. <laughs> I think that works. Just toilets. <laughs> 
I also wrote that this one is true creation because a lot of the other ones, like you can, you'll get the anti and you can play it however you wish. But like for this one, you absolutely have to make it yourself. You yes. know, yeah. like, hey, and, and, and unless you're gifted dirt. a copy yeah. or something. And like dirt. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to really imagine like Ron sitting there with his his oven going and 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 pressing this himself and cutting it up himself, and then it becomes your own thing. I was just longing for a video of that, like Ron with like two like oven mitts on and then like trying to put it between plates and be like ooch 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 and like yeah, being I, really yeah. dramatic about how hot it kiss is kiss the cook apron and, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly yeah. just an apron on it's and, just an apron. and you know it's just an apron and it's and it's like frilly and he's got a cardigan over the apron maybe well, yeah. and, yeah. And, a, and a tie and a tie I, I, just a tie though I think oh, throughout a lot of this listen we were all picturing Ron performing these and, yes. do, and just the bolio just doing the you know the, his moves and his dancing and since we're talking about it, if you have not seen Emil Bolio, some some people who maybe got into noise uh, more recently <laughs> might not have had the pleasure of seeing him perform live as he's been dormant for some years mm-hmm. now. Uh, I highly recommend looking up anything on YouTube uh, or any other where lots there is. Oh, I want to look. And especially the the VHS compilation America's, America's greatest, greatest Noise. Greatest yeah. Living Noise Artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is, uh, I mean, you could do worse than to start there because it's six, seven performances, fractions of other ones. Uh, he tackles Yasutoshi from Government Alpha at one point. I mean, it's high energy, it's low energy, it's him in a tuxedo at one point, uh, teaching you how to clean records. It's spectacular. My introduction to Bolio was through the VHS, through the Huck Finn VHS. Mm -hmm. And it was the Emil Bolio, Crank Sturgeon, Skin Crime, Haters, Anxanoff, Sefranos tour uh, VHS. And I, he was doing a lot of the Kurt Schwitters stuff. Then it was, it was a lot of like just him, him, you know, doing the rock of the baby, mm-hmm. not even doing the, like <laughs> the records. There was a lot of that. But the, the, the main thing I remember from that is he was doing a lot of white house, yes. but at the time I didn't know white house. So I thought when I fight, cause he was doing a, you won't like it. No, you won't. And I didn't know what that was. And I remember the first time hearing like great white death and being like, wait a minute. Oh yeah. Like, it, like, like I was so like, it all like came together. This is that Amel Polio song. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it. yeah, yeah, it's like seeing full metal jacket after hearing ministry. You know? Oh, totally. Oh. 100%. Cause it's like, it, yes. Dope. I, and I, and I heard, I had heard the ministry oh, yeah. track before. Oh, uh, same sing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's where that comes from. But yeah, yes, of course you got to, see i mean obviously we were all very lucky to have gotten to see a lot of bolio performances because in the early side of the 2000s he was touring a lot he was playing a lot it was in it was it was so great and we did get to see him a lot so um but you know it's been a long time did now did you see him in the 90s at all no okay uh, yeah, I, yeah i moved to chicago in 99 and i saw him maybe three times there or something like that right when he was like various touring, places, touring yeah, and yeah. that no fun and so forth um, the thing, I mean, because he's he's great to watch as a performance, but with these, like, I really have to wonder, like, how much work he is doing and how much it's just I drop the needle, the needle goes where it it does, and then that's it. You Having know, seen him perform so much, I know he he likes to be 
involved sometimes and yes. not others. It's right. like a, it's really a flip of a coin if it's going to be there's only just one, Rob playing it. There's or, only one track on here. I think there's like a side two version where I said that, uh, and I think it might have been uh, the Heathen Muzak, but it's the one time where it sounds like the turntable really loses the script and it just it just skitters off and it's mm-hmm. just sort of like at the center and he just kind of lets it go for and then turns it off. But for the most part, like if he's not actively manipulating, then it's doing a great job of like hanging on to whatever anti is going on without him intervening. So I have no wow. idea. And the, and the thing, too, is like while while a lot, you know, so much of. Uh, Emil Bolio is very performance based. Like we're saying, like seeing him live is, is you know, you're getting the full picture, Yeah, but his noise is incredible too. It's That's the other so thing. It's not, good. It's, it's, it sounds amazing. it's truly some of the greatest noise of yeah. all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think this, this tape highlights that. Yes, it really does. One of the things that like just blows my mind about, you know, all the different ways you can do noise and all the different effects you can get from different types of noise is like the emotional feelings you can get from them. Like Richard Ramirez to me, like a lot of the time can be very melancholic in a really interesting way mm-hmm. where you have like a feeling of, of, of not despair, but just like, just kind of a vague longing or, you know, and, or, yeah. or like Macronympha, like I can feel like after I listen to a Macronympha album, I feel like I have the flu. Like it just withers me. <laughs> like I, 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 I thought you were going to say horny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I, the, the, the taint CD on the three CD, um, the perversion at all costs oh, things. Yeah. Like I genuinely felt like I was going to puke at the end of that. Like, I mean, wow. it, it, it can get you into such like different moods, but like Ron's, stuff and meal stuff is just so consistently joyful it's really yes. joyous noise it is yeah and his performance your, your eyes light up provides you, you feel that too. like a serotonin rush um yeah, yeah it, and it's it, that thing about people who are, are really masters in their craft like he does make it look easy yeah. like and and maybe that is from being so involved in noise being so involved with sound so frequently i mean he just like constantly listened, lived it, toured it, heard it, mm-hmm. was around records, even if they weren't noise records. So it's like somehow that involvement translates into like ease and like a really like casual demeanor that makes you it feels fun. Yeah. Like you feel like he's having fun and you're having fun. And when you think of all those sort of like first wave people, when there's there's no there's nothing to compare it to. So it, you can just have the pure creation of like, I got to a thing that I wanted to do and it's great. And you don't have to sit there and go, well, is it as good as Mertzbau? Is it as good as CCCC? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you don't compare I, it, it to yeah, anything. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're all you're all at the starting line at the same time. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But also, like, you, you look at his rig at any point and he might have two pedals and a small mixer and maybe those extra styluses or something, but like I don't have any indication of why he sounds so much different than anybody else, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at Gray because you, you, you're, you're sort of like the Sherlock Holmes of being yeah, able to sort yeah. of like decipher some of this. Do oh, you have yeah, any do ideas? You remember his equipment? I no, I mean, it's I would he would have a can with a contact mic in it, or a loose contact mic on a wand, or yeah. a, or a loose uh, stylus on a on a wand of some sort, mm-hmm. and turntables. And later, I saw him use some sort of mini discs for some prepared. Mm. sound stuff but you know and playing anti-records he would just do that so it was just yeah. like true gain staging blowing out something at the at the very start of it getting it as loud as you can and having that distort and those distortions interact with other things that are also competing for audio space right because if everything mm-hmm. is overloaded one frequency is going to win and yeah. so that's that's why you get these sort of really heavy really crumbly really dense textures is because it's so overloaded but then something else is forcing its way through it seems like it would be really easy to make that sound terrible yes it somehow comes out just (laughs) yeah yeah, perfect and powerful on this i know yeah 
And the last track on this side is AMK. And it's a montage. And this is glitch noise before anyone was using a computer to do such a thing. This Mm -hmm. is like just glitchy, irradiated, weird music made from taking disparate sources, cutting them together. And I, I, AMK has a technique to making these, these records. He uses these flexies. Um, haven't seen him play a bunch of times since living, you know, since moving to LA a decade ago. And it's always awesome. And it's always different. And it's always the playing of homemade records or weird flexies or abused records, much in the way that Ron does. There's definitely Mm -hmm. a, a through line there. And, this one, this one has it. It's just cut up insanity that's somehow soothing because the glitches and the grooves line up in such a right way that it it feels the most musical. Yeah, the, arguably AMK, the AMK RR montage flexi cassette, which came out around this time, was probably even more my introduction to noise. I got that probably yeah. before I got anti-performance. And it really, like... It's it's an, it's it's worth you know sort of it shows how different their their approaches can be in terms of like the effect because like when I heard Ron for the first time I knew that was a turntable I didn't have to you know necessarily look at him performing or whatever you can it feels like a turntable for at least several years of listening to AMK I was under the impression that he was like this hyper obsessive like tape composer like those those loops are so were so rhythmic on there that I just assumed that he was just this, you know, he was just constantly splicing like that same loop over and over again, not even like tape loops. I mean, I knew a little bit about like tape loops and stuff from like Mm -hmm. Frank Zappa or whatever, but like, I just couldn't imagine someone who was just taking that one piece and splicing it over and over and then adding (laughs) one variant. And it was not, it was not till years later that I was like, dumbass, that's a, that's a, it's a record. That's a, it's, (laughs) you know, you, it it actually does that. Yeah, exactly. I was Um, thinking it's like thrill kill cult noise. Yeah. Like, like, how so? Because it's, it's like you get that like looped rhythm, like, and it's very, very high energy. Yeah. And it's just coming back, but it's also like, like, it's like a nice beat. I like that. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I no, I totally agree. I think that's a great way of putting it because it was. I, I think this was when we were all really getting into like Iran dance motion mm-hmm. uh, yes. because you can just yes. picture it. You because because it does have these. Yeah. It He's gets waving these, the hand. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe I said it when this track was on, but I, I said I hate it when I can see him having fun, <laughs> I <love laughs> which that. isn't true. I, know, yeah, I, know I was, I was like, I could yeah. just. I was just like, man, he's having a blast. Not only did Ron Lassard connect the noise world, he also taught the noise world to dance. Like, I feel like <laughs> for years after that, the, like the the sort of like arms out motion or the like his his particular gestures, sort of like. Well, I'm doing right now that no one can see because I'm doing it for an audio. But this is what I that he like would go like hand twists. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he's like an orchestra conductor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. An orchestra conductor with bad posture. I'm glad I'm glad I'm doing this for everyone to see. Right, (laughs) I'm enjoying it. There's three of us here having a great time. Yes, (laughs) cool, cool, cool. (laughs) I think the other thing about about AMK and and the sort of rhythmic aspect is when you know when you first start getting into noise, like you know you're into it, but you don't quite have like the facility at least for me anyway like you know i would get those early like recycled tapes or you know hear the two minute samples or whatever and go like this is great but i didn't have like 
the the stamina to like sit it out for a 60 minute tape like you mm-hmm. give about 10 minutes and you go okay i got the point yeah but with like amk stuff like it it sort of gives you an in because you have that pattern building that you can do and and it's sort of like retrain it sort of puts new grooves in your head in terms of like being able to like you know, I, I heard somewhere and this you know, might be medically not true, but I've heard that like people on the autism spectrum tend to like like noise sounds because there's an aspect of pattern building into it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that all the time, like when I, you know, I can hear sort of like structures being built. I always say like like noise is like a new language being built every night, you know, and and like AMK is, is just such a great on ramp to that because you have the, the musical elements and then as you start to let the musical elements go away and you go into Emil Bolio, then you still have those sort of like those patterns that you can sort of work with. And then that gets you ready for something like venereology. That's actually a really amazing way of putting it. I've never thought of that, but the idea that it's building a noise is like a different pattern or a different thing every single time. But yeah. it is true. I mean, it's, it is truly different every single time it's performed. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Ron doing this, performing these anti-records. It, yeah, it is. It, it, it like, it shows the difference in patterns on each of these records on each side of the record. Mm-hmm. And, and then if we were to do shows with these, that's a really amazing way of putting it. I don't think I've ever really yeah, thought of it. Like, in those that's why terms. it engages our brain because we're yeah. like, we're trying to figure out the puzzle. Yeah. And it also sort of speaks to, you know, so many of your guests have, have said, especially people who, who go way back that said like, it was absolutely imperative if you were, you know, doing a noise show with other noise people that you had your own voice and you had your own yes. perspective. Yeah. And you really get that sense of like a language being sort of shaped by a whole community of people who are speaking it in different but related ways. And it's it, they all sort of uh, converse with each other that way. Do you know what I think one of the coolest things about this tape is, uh, is that it's a performance of anti-records. And these are things that uh, I would I would hazard to guess that many people who wound up with these many people who own anti-records have never put them on a damn turntable yeah. and played them. If you get a record mm-hmm. with bubble wrap and tape and glue and nails and screws and uh, like razor wood blades. And whatever yeah. razor blades glued to it, are you putting that on your turntable? Ooh, I have a turntable just for playing anti-records. I can see it it's right here up there on top <laughs> yeah. of that shelf. Yep. I have a turntable just for playing busted yeah, records. Let's, let's break but that baby I, in. But, I, but this is, I know that people don't, play they don't use them they don't play if there's 200 of these or 100 of these not all 100 of those have been put on a turntable not 50 of them have been put on a turntable and here's ron doing something that they were made to be done with in his mind as he was as he was and maybe even selling the idea of like see how good this sounds yeah exactly go on do it so i think that's a really special thing about this too (laughs) is like taking it from concept and art object and making it no this is a musical object to play this yes well, and I think GX said that when he said when people would come in and he would show, you know, pull out wind like dirt, you know, he would actually play it. He would be yeah. like, oh, and pull out the bag of dirt and, yes. and at behind the counter and everything. I love that story. Yeah. I love that they would buy it and he would literally just scoop a scoop of dirt yeah. and put it in the bag. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Have fun. Have you and, been, and what's this bucket of dirt for? Okay, yeah. well, okay. Each Winlick dirt gets one scoop, uh-huh. just one scoop, and it's yeah. If this he has much. someone else working there that day, he's like, "Do not give them more than one scoop of dirt." Not a half scoop. It's not one. in our budget. Someone else ever worked at Triple R? I can't imagine. Maybe I think, somebody's got to fill I in, think, right? I think people are. I, I was there once. I was, well, that's actually what I was sure. about to ask you. When? When? Yeah. When did you go? I, and, I 
you know, I don't have a lot of bragging rights, but I was at the 151 page, the original uh, location. That is very wow. cool. In 1994, I was in college and uh, we had a sort of a one month class where we went to uh, like Amherst and Martha's Vineyard to study Emily Dickinson, of all things. Oh. Um, but of course, on the weekends, we're like, we got to like do other things while we're on the East Coast. And like. Even then, I had been listening to noise for maybe three years, but I was like, RRR is like Mecca. I have to get here. And so we like my friend Justin and I booked a bus to Boston and then it was a commuter train from Boston to Lowell. And we were just like on, you know, on the street, you know, like, hey, where's where's RRR? And, you know, just get in a random taxi. And Ron was there. I mean, and I was I mean shaking like i only knew him <laughs> from the catalogs and you yeah. know those early catalogs there's not a lot of info like you i don't know what ron looks like i don't even mm -hmm. know if i you know i think i can i think i was talked to him you know but he had two other guys behind the counter with them i remember this very clearly oh, wow. and they were chatting and the quote that sticks with me is i don't know who said it to who but one of them said you want to pick the next record and the person said I don't know. I don't really like music. And then they all laugh like it was a joke. He's like, no, really? Like, he's like, I've been trying for years, but I don't think I like music. And I, uh, it was just mind blowing. I'm like, Fantastic. what? Awesome. You're in a record store and you don't like, you know, I, I, I didn't get the humor. I was just sort of baffled and terrified. But, you know, I mean, people who go to, you know, RR at various points, like he, and a lot of the noise stuff isn't out. It's just Correct. a record store. Yeah. And there was real. I mean, this was a small space. And so I went in and it must have been an hour of me just sort of nervously going through like Peter Frampton records and stuff before I went up to the counter. I'm like, excuse me, I get your catalog. And he's like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. And he like pulled like big cardboard boxes out from behind, you, you know, the, the, the counter. Too. Oh, it's in here. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think we spent maybe a couple hours there. I, you know, I was in college. I had maybe like $40 to spend. Uh, and it's one of the great regrets of my life. I had a copy of Chop Shop's metal plate in my hands, oh, wow. $20, out the door, no shipping. You know, wow. that, was, that was the one where I used to say, count as 10 LPs yeah. for shipping. <laughs> I didn't know Chop Shop from Adam at that point. I had never really heard him. Didn't know if he's any good. Loved the look of it. Was going home on a bus. I would have been able to just put it in my book, you know, put it back. Probably spent like $20 on like recycled cassettes or something like that. You know, it just. <laughs> well, maybe you got a Chop Shop recycled tape. I, here's hoping. Wait, did you ever, did that, you ever get it, it though? No, not yet. No. Uh, I, there, uh, something might happen this summer. <laughs> I like it. I like, I like we're, it. Okay. We're, we're in negotiations. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, we don't want to mess them up. So, you know, everybody just yeah. pipe down. Okay. But, 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 that is, but that is cool because that is my experience as well. We we kind of knew. I went in 2001 or two. It was, it was uh, the first Hair Police tour. And we, we knew that it was you know basically a regular record store and you kind of had to what we did was call ahead basically and said that we're coming we'll be there we were i think we were in boston or providence or whatever we'll be there in about an hour so by the time we had gotten there he had been pulling out stuff and oh. even even when mm -hmm. we got there he was like oh wait i, I gotta go with this other box and oh. so so like we called ahead but to let him know that we're coming you know for so for triple r not for yeah. peter frampton records mm -hmm. yeah uh and it was just truly one of the greatest Oh yeah, One of the, I I'll, I can I I can close my eyes and and go right back there. Uh, but but it was this it was not the one fifty one page. It was, yeah, uh, by then it was at the twenty three central twenty three central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is where it's still. I believe. I, think or, so, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. And that yeah. was the first thing he told me when he got home from that really long tour. 
was yeah. like with the triple R. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> with the triple R. Here's what I got. Here's my record. Yeah. Like it was, oh my it was the best. Very yeah, I played there in I maybe it was two thousand five or six. Wow. I feel like and uh Play with play with sickness, and I think I must have been on tour with Cornucopia and David you, Reed. You maybe? played it at the store. At the store, oh, yeah. cool. fantastic! Um, as I remember it, now I'm out to have to check my facts. <laughs> and yeah, just the pulling out of all the uh, all the releases and going through and digging and finding and asking about stuff. And I spent actually, I was tra- I had a bunch of new contradict stuff, so I just traded tons and tons for all the stuff there. I think he still mostly just pulled out things like the United Dairies tapes and Rising from the Red Sand. No, like I don't remember seeing any like like shocking, you know, like because when you look in the, in the catalog back then, you would see like the Praxis Doctor Behrman stuff or the yeah. you know like like the 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 price variance in the catalog mm-hmm. would go from three dollars to forty dollars, and you're like forty dollars for an LP, you know. <laughs> I don't recall seeing any of that stuff there, but you know we were only there for a little while. I think maybe we'd hung out. Or if I had, you know, pull out a checkbook or something like that, maybe he would have been like, oh, I got more in the back. But yeah. uh, well, we got to go. It was all exciting because I had never seen anything like it before in my life. And we got to go to his place afterwards, oh, uh, which oh. was I saw the Minotoli uh, and his he had an MS-20. That, I remember that giant 2001 obelisk of tapes that he built. I, that was there. Oh. And it was and uh, it was. Yeah, it was sitting there in the middle because it was That's like a, a great nice power structure. loft space. <laughs> and it was just a I imagine it just like hums. <laughs> Just like, oh, it gives yeah. off like a weird energy. It like yeah. emits light on the equinox. It's yeah. so cool. And saw his personal record collection, which is one of the most impressive collections I've seen in my entire life. Wow. Can't imagine. Um, so that's my memory of that is also tied to like, okay, I went to this amazing place and then I got to see like, you know, behind the curtain, get to see the wizards, the wizards uh, home. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So amazing. It, isn't it funny? Like, I don't remember where Mike and I went. It was it was to somebody who, who generally doesn't engage in this practice, but they were like, it was weird. You guys came over and Mike just immediately goes to my records and just starts digging through my <laughs> records and bookshelf. I'm like, that's like the ultimate polite thing to do. You're yeah. like, let me check out your records. What for, do you got first here? First thing I do when I go to no, any, anyone's place, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a look. That's, <laughs> that's why dogs sniff each other's butts. It's like, you're just... <laughs> exactly. It's our way of saying hello. Yeah. Yeah, just get let me, let me you feel you out it? a little bit. Let me, <laughs> totally. let me let me get your nuance. What uh, are you into? Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. You got a weird, weird, weird section right here. I have, spoken I have word. enough conversation I, with you, you now for two hours. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Chris even I commented when he came over. We were in the the front of the house, which is where like the majority of my books are, and not very many records. And then came back to the studio portion of the house where the collection mostly lives and was like, oh, I was going to say, you really pared down, yeah. but no, I guess not. You got to have the Ikea standard shelf, you know what yeah. I mean? They really, I have wrecked a couple of them because the weight and not putting them together properly, mm-hmm. but these are really secured and there's only three of them in this room. Only three. Mm. There's five you in used the to house. Have, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> there's one in there, there's one in there. Say. Yeah. Three of them in this room, though. Yeah, it's weird when you go to somebody's house that doesn't have them, and you're like, "What? What kind of world is this?" I've seen some nice custom built. uh, Oh, definitely. No, yeah, Yeah. a a, a nice, nice custom one that that trumps any idea. I'm currently cat sitting for uh, my friend Pete, and he's got the most beautiful custom made. Oh yeah, his are yeah, his are great. They're gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, one of the best record collections I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) Yeah, between Pete and his wife, I mean, what are you gonna do? (laughs) You gotta have something to house those things. So we uh, we took a little break between sides, as I think is due, and 
you know, you flip it and you, you're getting the same set list on this tape. You're, you're getting, getting like an alternate reality version of it, though, yeah, because it's really. it's the same feel of the sources, but you're getting different performances. They're 100 percent different performances. And it and it took about four listens to me before I'm like, yes, this is definitely these are different performances. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, the billboard yeah. combat is is the same style nastiness as before, though. It's still that yeah. like dripping, churning power crumble that you got on the first side. And I don't know if anyone has any more to add to it. That one, that one was like stylistically the same. So I could see how if you flip it the first time, you're like, oh, this is just the same. Like side. if robots could pant and they got tired, it would be a panting robot. Yeah, there were a lot of self-generated variations on that. The, the first one just seemed like like crumble, crumble, crumble. But this one definitely you could hear it like going back to certain certain yes, ruts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the we get the due process, which is you know is a, a band that run played in with uh, some, some other people at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Lesclete was a member at one point. I'm trying to think who else. Yeah. I, think, I think it was, I think it was kind of, it was an open door. Oh, kind yeah. Of deal. Yeah. yeah. Cause he, cause he did do process at the very first. No fun. I can't remember who was in that. I actually don't really remember who was that. I remember him telling me that like the, the unifying thing of due process performances is there was a lamp that was on the table and he said that the lamp had to be on the table for it to be a due process. <laughs> show. Uh, I love that. Um, but he, he used to have I mean when you listen to those old like RR radio ones like he had people doing there were people doing like spoken word things and monologues mm-hmm. and sound there's someone named Wa W H A question mark I think or something like that um Wah? and you, you wah? <laughs> yeah uh but yeah I think it was really like a super open door this one you, the, on this do process do nothing track on side B you can hear the stylus being put down and you get a, it's it's louder there's a lot more room sound yep. the, the kind mm-hmm. of warble electric hum cyclic it's a different uh, nothing thing playing it's a different it's a different nothing and it's uh it's really nice and the 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 variation of of, of volume levels and fidelities like I wonder if he did them both on the same day do you have any it's no, like, no, yeah. no idea. If he like, this. if the levels just got you know changed over different days, or I wonder if he, he made the whole thing in the same day, or yeah. if he, or if this, there's even breaks between in the middle of the sides or something. Like, right. who knows? Hey, let's ask. It, it's honestly, the appropriate time in, afterwards. In my, right, in my mind, this is all in one day. In yeah. my yes. mind, this yeah. entire tape is Me done yeah. in one day. Right. That's I. I. That's what I was picturing. Uh, but again, you know, I don't know. Uh, but that that was my image. That of, feels right. Yeah. Yep. Due process, do damage though. This this time it's just this crunchy, horrible, warbling noise. This one's super frantic. This one is like, this is one where I think he he had to have been manipulating it. It's moving. The changes are moving faster than I can picture. Like I agree with you on that. S- uh, this, this sounded to me like uh, a car careening off, like very California, like careening off the side of a off a mountain, like oh, a, wow. like a mountain pass, like in a film noir where like they lose control of the wheel. Yeah, I just it just seemed like it was constantly like a car trying to get back on the road and <laughs> and squealing. Like it, it, it was very dramatic. I thought it was the source was like a trumpeting bull elephant. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> it was, Don't it was sure. Very aggressive. <laughs> and then uh, back to wind licked dirt. This one, I just wrote shovel hell. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was really, I was getting that. I was getting the shovel vibes yeah. on this one for Maybe sure. Maybe they used the scoop for the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, Ron actually has the scoop. He's got I wrote the scoop. Less, I wrote less chompy on this one because it didn't seem like the chompy like <laughs> yeah. dirt shark this time. It was definitely more right. just like 
uh, yeah, just sort of, uh, I mean, I, I, I quoted Dillaway, who's already been quoted on here, a dirty drag through the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, really, you really got the dirt on yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Architects or the Colorado Anti-Records I would see Architects Office again uh, this to me is just uh, I wrote Muzak Destroyed that's that's what yeah. it felt like is like mm-hmm. Elevator Muzak scratched just like a, mm. a nasty scratch I wonder if he played a different record Ooh. oh you know what I mean Cause you could, yeah like I wonder if he I wonder if it was a different version or maybe he had it. two holes yeah. Well, well, because because with all these other ones, you could technically flip them. Whereas right. that one, it's the same. You might have played a different maybe record. That's a such a great record. thought, yeah. Conley. I didn't. Mm-hmm. It never even occurred to me. That's also one too, where there's so many cuts in it and so many scratches mm-hmm. that like it seems like a, another. You can't cross the same river twice. You know, like no matter where you drop it, like it's gonna jump so many yeah. different ways mm-hmm. yeah. from all those letters. But yeah, I, I love the idea that he's like, all right, here comes record number two. Then we get to the second Capote music offering in this. Uh, is scooped trash with cuts. I my <laughs> my notes literally it says picking up dirt with a knife. That's what this sounded like. To wow. me. It was amazing. I thought it sounded I like yeah, this. like dragging a contact mic through the desert. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely loved this this anti record performance. Like it, it's this is what I want. I really imagine trying to just scoop up some dirt with like with like a kitchen knife, and that's that's what it sounds like to me. Wow. Amplified. It was so <laughs> fantastic. I well I. Oof. So I mean it's yeah it, the the just the the physicality of it is is so evident especially in this track. If you scoop yeah. dirt with a knife, does it become a shovel? Does the knife become a shovel? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Sure. If you've got the answer, email <laughs> gang at noiseextra.com. <laughs> and then we get to the honeymoon production, and I again I'm in love with this one as well. It's super nasty. It has such a different uh, timbre than the rest of the record. It's it really feels so open and airy and like weird air, bad air, mm-hmm. like just the atmosphere is really there. But I had this vision of a tape tape measure tied to rocks being flushed down a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Second time the toilet's come up. on this. I know I was yeah. going to mention earlier, I, I, I bit my tongue and saved my toilet reference yeah, for right now. That's nice. I, I promise not to do that in my Airbnb tonight. <laughs> but boy, does that sound good. <laughs> and it, it sounds, sounds good. Great. Sounds good yeah, on sounds this. Great. Yeah. And yeah, this one, um, uh, yeah, it, it, this this one gave me. I, I wasn't at the uh, the the haters 40th anniversary thing, but it sounded to me like you know the Instagram videos oh, I saw yeah, of yeah. the shovel on the clock. Like right. it, yeah. it sounded so uh, just solid object on solid object, which is very funny because again, it's just a record it's on a needle. A record, but yeah. uh, it 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 but felt a like a, a solid object, and yeah, the record's a solid of course, object. Right? Of course, it's such a physical process. Yeah. You know, it's crazy what the needles pick up. Really, and, well, that's yeah. the thing is a record needle acts you know so just close. different than a contact. I've seen people play records with contact mics too, mm-hmm. uh, and you can kind of lock into a groove and pick up a little bit of the sound and and vibrate. You know, the the actual cut groove and vibrate. But I think. The the process of the needle is like you can play you can rub it on anything you can you know this yeah. is what yeah. this is well, showing is you could precision. play yeah, it's your like covered the, door you could play right. the spines of all the records you could play what you know what I mean you can well, play yeah it's like the punk rock version of cartridge music you know like you know John Cage did that very sort of you know very uh, composed and very intentional and very dour faced you know thing where they they scratch the you know the record needles and the contact mics but you can also do that where you just you know throw it at a thing and go wah you know. <laughs> and and that's exciting as well. This yeah. this ender though 
This is where the this is where the fun you're like yeah it's, it's this a is party yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah ron is partying with an amk yes cut up flexi record <laughs> anti-record it is just mutant rock i feel like i feel like if this were like before devo this would have they would have like heard yeah. this and been like that's what our band's gonna this, sound like yes absolutely yeah <laughs> like, no there's yeah. these it's mutant rock I don't even know how to do it. It's so weird. The guitar is so yeah. rubbery. It just sounds like a rubbery spinning guitar solo for like the second half of it. And <laughs> and again, it's so energetic and so and I had to quote uh, if, if you have the Emil Bolio's memory CD on pure, yeah. you know, and you look at the notes inside in big letters, he writes. 1970s classic rock rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I added that to my notes yes, because the, absolutely. That's another side of Ron. You know, when he's not listening to noise and thinking about noise and supporting noise, he's just listening to Deep Purple. You know, and Ted Nugent and whatever else is in his store. You know, and uh, and that can't help but seep into this stuff and 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 the the energy of it and the performance of it is all the showmanship. Showmanship. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this one sounds so fun, but we get this we get a fade. FM fade. What, <laughs> what the hell is going on there? <laughs> he, because he, it fades he, out. He and fades it down still, and yeah. then he fades it back up a little bit. But it, then you can he's hear like, I'm going to take it so away. I wonder give it if back. he was yeah. recording. Because in my mind, especially when you use a record player, you you have the advantage of, depending on how, if he had the record player that had the tape player, that he could just literally record it directly. Oh, yeah, right. But mm-hmm. this, doesn't, this sounds like maybe he was recording a room because... The like you were saying, it goes away, but then you can almost hear the needle on the. Yes, you're hearing yeah, the, the needle right? translation. Yeah, not not the actual. It's speaker. almost it's like a room sound. Yeah, it's like you know if you don't, if you haven't turned your amplifier on, but you play a record and you can still hear the music on. Yeah, the Yeah, if you lean down needle. into the record, there it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't know if that's you know what if it was or not, but it's it, it's what yeah. it feels yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, it's exciting. And with that, we have listened to and talked about this entire awesome, strange fascinating noise tape from 1991. I, I am so glad that Chris mentioned this one to me and I got to listen to it and I'm so happy we sat and listened to it today. I highly, this is like highest recommendation yes. yeah. of you. There's all the stuff you want from noise is on this tape. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's not one of those like crazy rarity things like this pops up on, you know, various places pretty cheaply, or you can just go to YouTube. It's literally all on YouTube as well. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is so worth a listen. Does Ron still have no, these available? I don't think so. But nope. also you can get the anti-performance albums and, well, you, you can get the yeah, get, get the mm-hmm. anti record. Make, make a mix, you know? yeah, yeah. 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 Make, Go to work. make your own. Or sorry, anti record. That's right. Um, yeah, on the honeymoon productions thing, there's an addendum at the, the end of his instructions. When you have made a playable product, we would very much appreciate it if you could make a recording and send it to us. Perhaps we can release it in due time. Keep an open mind. I love that. Well, hey, please wow. do that for us. We won't release it, but we would love to hear if anyone has any of these records, wants to play them. Just send mm-hmm. us a recording of it. Send us a video of you playing it. Just, just. That'd be cool. Let's do it. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. We would, we would love to see what everyone has done with these. Who, whoever has these out in the world. But again, these were all like from the. These are all like really from the eighties, and and yeah, these mm-hmm. records are pretty much all, eight, you know, eighties anti records that Ron made. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I w- something's. 90. I would love to see who has who has some of these. So please let us know. We would we would love that. Um, wow. And even more so, who who's actually played them? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. And in what context? Yeah. 
Wow. Well, wow. This was so awesome. This was so awesome. <laughs> we should. It's almost like we should record a bunch more episodes with Chris. And then, oh, well, since he's here, and maybe then we'll parse them that. out throughout the next month or two. How does that oh, sound? That's a super <laughs> idea. I, was thinking, I, would, I think I was. I was thinking of just like flying home and then coming back here every like do, six we weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. I do like to make people think that that's what we do. So okay. you know what? Let's just go ahead and say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. So, Okay, thanks for coming out. We'll see you in a couple weeks when we record the next episode. If only we had more <laughs> to see, talk about. I see about. my lift at the door. I'm heading out. Yeah. All right, great. Awesome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's nothing more to say. <laughs> You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.